Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. But one thing that I know is this, whether you've had a good earthly father or a bad earthly father, we all have an awesome heavenly father. He's a good, good God. Let's give Father God a great big applause. He is a a good, good God. A good, good God. So if you have your Bibles, would you open to Proverbs chapter three, uh, chapter 4? And uh, I, I want to talk to you this morning about the traits of a great father. See, any man can father a child, but it takes a real man to be a father to a child. And there's a big difference between fathering a child and being a father to a child. And uh, what we have in Proverbs chapter 4 is King Solomon giving wisdom to his children, sitting them down and saying, I want to impart to you. I'm I'm thrilled this morning that it's my first grandfather's day. So um, my first grandfather's day and what a joy it is to come into that new season of being a grandfather. And so um, I've got wisdom to impart, having gone through that first generation, now into the second generation. And what are the traits of a good, not just a good father, but a great father? And um, it's great to have uh, a great friend of mine, a great father, back from Hungary, Gustav and Helena. Welcome back. So good to see you. Wonderful. Last time I saw you was in Jerusalem. And now here we are in Sydney. Okay, have you found Proverbs chapter 4? It says this, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender on, and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commands and live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Here it is. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. So let me give you a very quick definition of the difference between wisdom and understanding. Just two very simple words. Wisdom is sharing the why behind what happens in life. And understanding is sharing the how things happen. And so my, my advice to you is that when a child asks why or how, don't just fob them off, but take time to impart wisdom into their lives and understanding. Because the only way they will increase in wisdom and understanding is to have someone give them the why and the how of things. And, and praise God, today we've got Google. How many of you think Google is just amazing that... Uh, too often we just say, well, we, we don't know. Now, we, well, let me Google it. Let me get you, or even if you don't tell them that, I'll get back to you on that. Go to Google and then you find some answers. Make sure you do your research better. Uh, I know some of you say, um, I don't need Google. I got my wife. She knows everything. So. 
<laughs> okay, I won't go there. Okay, but what, what I want to share with you today, um, what I call the three big ones, the three big traits of a great father. And whether you experience this with your father or not, your heavenly father has this. And so I call these the three big ones. And the three big ones is to provide, to protect, and to proclaim. So a great father provides, a great father protects, and a great father has proclamations, proclaims things, says things over his children, over people around him. So let's talk about provision first. So, so most men feel like their primary objective in life as a father is to provide and but their definition of, prov- of provision is to prov- put food on the table, you know, and a roof over people's head. And I think that that's awesome. But you know what? I think that we need to go a little bit further and uh, provide much more than just food and shelter and warmth. I think um, one of the big things, especially living on the North Shore, is education is, is a big one. And, and, and I know that for my father that was a big one because he understood that the difference between poverty and prosperity was education. And so he came from a long line of people who did not have the privilege of education. And one of the reasons he came to Australia is so he could provide an education for me. And, I, and, and I've been so grateful for that. And uh, every time that my, my boys got their degrees and, you know, they've... Um, they got double degrees and just done education well. I've stopped and I've said, you know, you've you got to stop and be grateful to Nonno who first got on a ship to come to Australia so that I could be educated and then pass that baton down to you so that you could be educated and that provision of education sets you apart. And uh, it's a wonderful thing. But it doesn't stop there. I think one of the greatest things that we can provide our kids is the gift of time. How about providing time? And, and this becomes the issue when you're so busy providing all the other things, sometimes you run out of time. But you know what? There's a lot of people that can provide food for your kids. There's a lot of people that can provide shelter for your kids. There's a lot of people that can provide fo- uh, clothes for your kids and, and education for your kids. But only you, as a father, can give time. And time can never be replaced by anything else. You can give money. You can give all sorts of things. But oftentimes, what people need is just your presence, your time. And to stop and not be so busy. And, and when you're there, you're switched on. And you're switched on to communicate. There's one thing to have time with your kids, but then there's no communication. But to give time and communication where you're actually asking questions and showing interest is such an important thing. Uh, Do you know, it's funny when, when you actually interview parents and say, what's, what's the biggest problem that you have with your kids? And it's consistent. My kids do not listen to me. And then you stop and you say with your kids, what's the biggest problem you have with your parents? And the kids say, my parents do not listen to me. And it's like we communicate, but we're too busy talking that we don't have time to listen. And sometimes we just need to stop and 
stop talking and just ask the questions that get the words coming out. And if people know that we are listening, they are willing to talk. If they don't believe that we are listening, they're not willing to talk. The other thing that we need to provide is wisdom. Wisdom. Just wisdom. The, the, just look at every mistake, at every accomplishment, at every, everything that happens in life as a learning opportunity. Uh, what a wonderful thing it is to, to view life as learning opportunities. Even when bad things happen, they are learning opportunities. When good things happen, they are learning opportunities. Just to dissect, well, what happened here? And, and dissect it and get the learning out of it. Just squeeze the marrow out of life so that you're constantly imparting wisdom. The second big one besides provision is protecting. Provide, protect. Big, big area, protecting. And so we get it that we need to protect our kids Physically, And so we build a house, we build a fence around the house, we make sure that they are protected physically. We get that. But I want to talk to you about a few more areas of protecting. How about providing emotional protection? What, 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 what are we talking about? I'm, I'm telling you, we are living in an age where our kids are being bombarded emotionally on social media on a daily basis. How about stepping up and saying, you know what, I've built a fence around our house. I've built locked doors to protect you from the bandits, to protect you from the bad people to come to abuse you physically. But what have I done to protect you emotionally from people manipulating and abusing you? And so, and so are we stopping and asking how you're doing emotionally? Is there anyone abusing you emotionally? Is anyone giving you a hard time and stepping up to the plate and saying, it's my, my, my responsibility to protect you emotionally? What about, what about sexual protection? You say sexual protection? We, we are living in an age where our kids are being bombarded with sexuality at a very, very young age. They're being bombarded by the world's mentality of sexuality. And the world's mentality of sexuality is what, whatever, whatever, whatever feels good, do it. And so we just know this, that the pornographers are targeting little boys at, at the age of eight, nine years of age. They're being targeted. And so, and so when you begin to understand that, then you need to do something about putting a barrier around your boys, about protecting them from sexual abuse from the pornographers so they don't grow up through life just with a wrong attitude to sexuality, a wrong attitude. I, I'm telling you, one, one of the big areas that we are confronting in this day and age is the abuse of sex. And so where do you talk about it? You talk about it in church. Let me talk to you about it in church. And, and talk about the person who invented sex was God. So sex was not invented by anybody else. It was invented by God. And so when it's invented by God, we need to go back to God and say, okay, God, you invented sex. So what are the parameters that keep it safe? And here it is. Here it is. The parameters to keep sex safe is God created sex to be enjoyed by a man and a woman in the confines of the safety of their marriage where they've made this lifelong commitment to one another until death do us part. And within those parameters, God created sex. And within those parameters, it is a beautiful thing, but outside of those parameters is a very dangerous thing that damages. It promises so much, 
but deliver so little. And so the world are trying to, to capitalize on saying, we know more about sex than anybody. Are you kidding me? I'm looking at you people and I'm looking at how damaged you are. I'm looking at you, the, the, the professionals in this area, and looking at you going from relationship to relationship, brokenness to brokenness. And then I look at godly people that understand what God has created and I look how beautiful their relationships are. I look at fidelity and faithfulness and I look at the beauty of fidelity and faithfulness between a man and a woman in the confines of marriage. And I look at that and say, there's peace, there's, 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 there's beauty there, that's wonderful, and that's the way it ought to be. Can anybody say amen to me? Yeah. So let's talk about protecting our kids sexually. How about intellectually? Let's talk about protecting our children intellectually. Why is that? Because there is a bombardment of rubbish. I'm telling you, there is rubbish being taught in our universities, in our schools, on the media. It is absolute garbage. And this is where it starts. It starts with postmodernism that basically says there are no absolutes. I'm, I'm telling you, once you abandon absolutes, you don't have any foundation in life because absolutes create foundations. So the Ten Commandments that God gave on the Mount Sinai were, were absolutes to give guidance to the way that we ought to live life. What postmodernism has said is that absolutes don't exist. So there are no absolutes. So what you think is right for you is right. What you believe is right is right. So they've deconstructed absolutes, have removed a foundation that is solid and give people just this understanding of what you believe is true is true and whatever, if it feels good for you, it's fine. And as long as you're not hurting anybody, everything's okay until they find, wow, that didn't hurt anybody, but it ended up hurting me. And in the long run, we need to just give people and especially our children intellectual stability. And, 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 and when they ask why, then give them an intellectual response to the why. Do your research so that as Christians, we don't seem to be intellectual gnomes, but intellectual giants. Because we've thought it through. And I'm telling you, when something is written in the Bible and it comes from God, it will stand intellectual. You can pull it apart, folks, and it will stand its ground. You don't have to say, because I told you so. And that's your last answer. Because the Bible says... It has intellectual integrity. It can be pulled apart. And if, you, and, and if you need to do the research, do the research. If you need to talk to intellectual giants in our church, like Pastor Adrian, talk to him. He will, he, he will give you an answer. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you somewhere, somewhere else where we need to protect our children. We need to protect them spiritually. There's got to be, why is that? Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. There are, there are forces, there are, there are spiritual forces out to, to steal from your children the seed of the Word of God. I, I'm telling you, the Bible talks about the enemy, like the birds of the air that come to pluck those seeds out. And, and we need to protect our children spiritually. What a great message this is for you, Michael and Pauline, as you're waiting for the coming of this beautiful, 
little baby that's about to be born in a few weeks' time. Just to know this, that we need to not only protect them physically, we need to protect that baby emotionally, sexually, intellectually, and spiritually. So, so there's provision, protection. The other big one is proclamation. The way we speak... How many of you know that every single child needs to hear over and over again, I love you? Matter of fact, not just every single child, every person that's in your sphere of influence needs to hear, I love you. Those three words have so much power in them. I want you all to say, I love you. For you to turn to the person next to you and say, I love you is so powerful. It is so amazing. It's got so much power that some of you have difficulty even articulating them because it's like, I don't know if I can say that. Why can't you say that? Don't you love? See, see the two great commands is love God and love people. And so to love people is such a powerful thing. To say to the person next to you, I love you, is such a powerful thing. But if they're your flesh and blood, how much more important is it to say, I love you? How much more important it is for them to grow up in this atmosphere of proclamation where those words are articulated on a regular basis? You know what? I tell Anne every single day, I love you. Doesn't she know that? Of course she knows that. Well, so why do you have to say it every single day? To emphasize it? Huh? To emphasize Let me tell you something. I ate yesterday. I ate the day before. Maybe I ate too much, as you can tell. The belly's getting bigger. I'm going to eat tomorrow. But just because I ate yesterday doesn't mean I don't eat today. Just because I said I love you yesterday doesn't mean that I don't need to say I love you today. Why is that? Because love is like an appetite that we have, and it's like a hunger that we have. And we need to supply the hunger in the people around us. Not only do we need to say, I love you, what about I'm proud of you? Uh, I, I don't think that a parent can ever overstate to their children, I am proud of you. And you know what? Some kids have never heard their parents say that to them. I'm proud of you. Maybe you've grown up in a home where nobody has said to you, I'm proud of you. Fathers, let me tell you something. You, you hold a really important place in the lives of your children. And when you say, I'm proud of you, it goes to another level. It's another level. The teacher can say, I'm proud of you. Mum can say, I'm proud of you. But when dad says, I'm proud of you, that's like, for some people, they're the words that they're longing to hear. My father is proud of me. You know what? Can I just say to you that if you've never heard your earthly father say, I'm proud of you, there's a heavenly father that says, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. You say, but, but, but why is that so difficult? See, see if, if your father is a perfectionist, he can never say I'm proud of you until you reach perfection. And so if you don't do everything 100%, even if it's 99.9%, that 0.1% is not good enough, and so you won't hear that I'm proud of you. And I'm telling you, that's just a, that's just a terrible thing. 
It's a terrible thing because none of us are perfect. But you know what? If we tried our best, it's good enough for me to be proud of you. And so I want to say to you, I'm proud of you. Another proclamation, you're awesome. You are awesome. Just to be able to say to someone, you are awesome. They're striving for, for, for recognition, for you to say you're awesome is absolutely beautiful. You're accepted unconditionally. Unconditionally, you're accepted. You're accepted. I'm never going to kick you out of home. I'm never going to cut you off. You'll always be my child. Just very powerful. The three big ones. To provide, to protect, and to proclaim. How are you doing with that? You say, well, you know, my, my father didn't do it to me. Well, how about you doing it to others? Can I just share with you two more? Can I share with you just in the next few minutes, two more? Here it is. Love your spouse. Love your spouse. Why is that so important? Because loving your spouse creates an atmosphere. It creates an atmosphere in the home that's the best atmosphere for your children to grow in. It's like, it's like creating a garden. And the garden needs the right atmosphere for the plants to grow in. And, and it's just, it's, it's agriculture. It's just common sense. You know, you put it in a garden, you give sunlight, you give water, you give nutrients, and those plants will grow well. When a child lives in a house where mum and dad love each other and they love each other passionately, it creates the atmosphere for those children to grow right. And let me tell you, kids can sense it. You know, if something's going, going bad between mum and dad, they can sense it. Rule number one, 101 parenting, never fight in front of your kids. Ever, ever, ever. Why is that? Because it creates insecurity. You have an argument in front of your kids, it creates insecurity in them. They start to feel, mum and dad going to divorce and mum and dad going to walk away from each other. And it just puts a crack in the foundation of, of their security. Never do that. The greatest gift that you can do is love your spouse. Love your spouse. Love them passionately. You know, embarrass the kids. I mean, don't over-embarrass them. But just, just give your spouse a cuddle. I mean, just don't go overboard where, you, you know, you just, you know, get a room. Okay. That's okay. But, but that love where it's genuine and it's beautiful and it's wonderful, it's just so powerful, that, that just that atmosphere. And, and the last thing that I want to share with you today about being a great father, you protect, you provide, you proclaim, you love your spouse. Here it is. Bring your joy. Love your spouse and bring your joy. Bring your joy. Bring your joy. So, so what happens is this. When you come home, it's either, Daddy's home! Yay! Or, Daddy's home, hide. It depends on what you bring. Do you bring your joy or do you bring your frustrations? When you come home, when you walk through that door, what are you bringing into the home? Because you actually bring an atmosphere with you. As the father, as the man, you bring an atmosphere with you. And you know what? You might come into the home and, and your spouse might be so frustrated with the kids of being just whatever. You come in and you say, I'm home. Let me take care of things. I'm home. Let me clean. Let me wash. Let me, I, I, I'm, I'm, I've just left my pressures of work at work. 
because I'm home now and I'm, I'm the father. I'm the father. I'm bringing joy. I'm bringing peace. I'm bringing organisation. I, I, I'm bringing into this place something that's going to make a difference. I'm bringing the presence of God. I'm bringing Father's presence into the home. And when Father has come into the home, things are going to be right. Things are going to be put into order. How many of you think that's the way it ought to be? That's the way it ought to be. And someone needs to say it so that we can have a goal in life to be like that. And you know what? That's been my goal. And you know what? As the father of this house, that's the way I want to be with you. You know what? When, when Pastor John, the father of the house, is in this home, you know that you're going to be loved on. You know that he's not going to be talking out his frustrations. You know he's going to bring some correction. You know he's going to get pretty, pretty straight about certain issues. But you know where you stand. And what's more is that there's consistency. So, so that when, when, when I speak, it's not based on, is he in a good mood or is he in a bad mood? Has he had a bad week or has he had a good week? Consistency is so powerful. So what, what, how can you do that? Well, you deal with your stuff before you enter the house. Do a few laps of the block and deal with your stuff. Get in your car and just deal with your stuff. Shout it out, speak it out, give it to God so that when you get out of the car and you walk through the front door, you bring joy with you. You bring the presence of God with you. You bring something that changes the atmosphere so that everybody says, Daddy's home. Woohoo! Daddy's home. How awesome it is. To have someone of that caliber walk in the door. Men, I'm challenging you to just lift your game. Ladies, how many of you think it's a good word for all the men? Huh? You ought to be clapping and saying, thanks, Pastor John, for sharing that. That's just so happy that someone's saying it. But you know what? One, you know, I, I want to finish this morning. My time is up. Saying this, for me, the greatest, the greatest revelation of Father in the Bible for me is Luke 15, the parable of the prodigal son. When, when I read that parable, I see the Father heart of God. When I read that parable, everything about that parable shows the Father as He truly is, Father God and you know what I love about that parable is that, is that this son had, had blown it badly. I mean, he'd, he'd wished his father were dead so he could get the inheritance and then he went away and he squandered it on wasteful living. That's what prodigal means is wasteful living. He was the wasteful son. The prodigal son is not the one who walked away but the one who wasted the inheritance. That's what prodigal means is wasteful. He was the wasteful son. How many of you think the wasteful son needs a good kick up the backside? But that's not the way that father treated him. When he came home in true repentance, the arms were outstretched. He's heads down. He's, he's, he's heads down. He's in depression. He's, he's realized how bad he's been. But his father's saying, you know what, that's in the past. I'm so glad you're home arms wide open, running, just washing, cleansing. And you know, the thing that I love the most about that parable is the singing and dancing. He comes with mourning and grief. 
And Father takes away his mourning and grief and singing and dancing. And in the house is singing and dancing. And you know, and you know what else? I'll tell you what, what I hate about it is the religious people, the older, the older people that were in the house, never enjoying the singing and dancing. What is this singing and dancing? Rather than saying, you know what? My brother who was lost is found. What is this singing and dancing? This is just, we just want everything to be solemn here. But his father God saying, I want to bring joy into the house. I want to bring joy into the house. And God wants to bring joy into your house. He wants to bring joy into your life. He wants to turn things that bring mourning and sadness and turn them and remove them so that joy and happiness, singing and dancing can be your portion. Come on, some of you are away from God. It's time to come home. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.